You're listening to Real Estate for Real People, hosted by the Stone Sisters. The Stone Sisters have built an award-winning realty business, and they're here to share some of their knowledge with you. A new episode drops every Thursday. If you enjoy the show, please share it with a friend and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And visit www.stonesisters.com for more information just like this. So 10 words you need to know before you're buying a home. Ooh, this is good. Some of these we know like the back of our hands and some of these, even growing up in a real estate family, we had no idea what they meant. None. Absolutely. So appraisal versus assessment, aren't those the same thing? Whoa, slow down. You said it too quickly. (laughs) What was the first one? Appraisal. Okay. What's that? (laughs) So an appraisal is when the bank will look at a property and appraise it for its value. So it's not what the price somebody pays for a property. It is what the bank will loan on a property. So they look typically for an appraisal. They'll look at the past sales. So there's no speculating on what the market is doing currently. It's just based on what properties have sold for in the area, similar styles or types or square footage. And uh, and then they base the value of this property based on that. Brilliant. Now, how does appraisal differ from assessment? You're going to answer that one. No way. You were on a roll here. <laughs> so assessment, and it, it's interesting because people will often ask us, okay, I, I need an appraisal or I need an assessment. And they're two very different things. They are. So appraisal, as you so so clearly explained, is the amount that a bank will lend on, the value that they determine. An assessment is typically the, the figure that either a realtor determines or the tax authority. Mm-hmm. So a house has a, a tax assessed value. And here in the Okanagan, the BC Assessment Authority has a goal to be within 97% of market value. They're often, you know, assessed value doesn't necessarily have anything to do with with true market value. So you mean if I get my assessment in the paper or in the mail, sorry, um, is that not what my house is worth? No, usually it's way out to lunch. I mean, and it's it's gone all over the map. I know years ago when I got into real estate, I, I felt pretty smart about determining the value of a house. I'd look at what the, the assessment authority figured a house was worth, doubled it, and that's about what the house was worth. Today, you know, and then remember yeah. a few years ago, if a house was assessed at a million, it was probably worth about 800,000. Mm-hmm. Today, if a house is assessed at 800,000, it's probably worth a million or maybe one, two. Actually, you're right. There's no correlation between no. the two. No, but it's, it's a confusing, you know, that, those are two words you want to know and know the difference of. What about subject clauses? That's something that, you know, we talk about subject clauses like it's in the back of our hand and we just assume that of course you would know what a subject clause is, but what does that mean? So subject clause is, I mean, in layman's terms, it's a, it's what you can use to get out of a contract. So subject clause is I'll buy this house for X amount of money subject to the following things. And that really is your time to do your due diligence, Mm -hmm. right? So subject to the bank appraising the home for a value that's satisfactory, subject to a home inspection that I'm satisfied with, subject to looking at the tax notice, subject to the utility history, subject to my dad approving it because he's actually giving me the down payment. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. That makes sense. So it's, it's your outs. It's, you know, you, you tie up, you know, I don't like to use the word tie up because some people won't like that, but you're, you're buying the home subject to the following conditions that need to be met typically within seven to 14 days. So then I have a question. When I make the offer, isn't that when I bought the house? 
Ah, no, it's not. You're, you're reserving the right. You sort of have the first right of refusal. So when you have an accepted offer and you've got subject clauses, you don't, you're not committing to buy that house until you waive all those conditions, until you've actually decided, okay, now it's subject free and I am 100% committed to buying this house. So once I remove my conditions is when I actually get nervous. Exactly. Got you. It's okay. a perfect segue to the next two though, down payment versus deposit. Right. Okay. So your deposit, that's when your subject clauses, you've been satisfied with all your due diligence on the property and you put your deposit down. Sometimes here we'll see properties where a deposit might be taken up front and that's the amount that's written on the contract to purchase and sale. So that might be $2,000, $5,000, $50,000, depending on the value of the property. And that's to make the contract firm and binding. So typically how we write contracts here is when subjects have been removed and you've done your due diligence, that's when your deposit goes into trust and then becomes part of the purchase price on completion. Exactly. So who holds it? What does in trust mean? Where's that deposit sitting? Typically it's put with the realtors. um, So your realtor with their brokerage. So it's held in trust at their brokerage. And then it's forwarded to the lawyer or notary acting for the buyer. And as you said, it's part of that down payment. So what about down payment? What is that? So down payment, I mean, here in Canada, you need at least 5% to put down on a home, mm-hmm. you know, and, and if it's, if you're an investor, you may need 20%, even up to 30%, but you know, 10% is a very common down payment mm-hmm. that people will put down on, on a home. And that is different. You know, it's not all of their, their deposit is not, um, the whole amount of the down payment down payments, the money you're putting up front, the remaining of which is usually bank financing. Right. So when you meet at the lawyer's office, is that when you need to make sure that you have your down payment then? Exactly. Yes. So that leads into the next. When you go and meet with your lawyer, what is that leading up to? That's leading up to three words at once. We thought we'd make this easy for you guys. So those are three terms we talk about, which is possession, completion, and adjustments. So completion is what happens first. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's when you meet at the lawyers. That's when your down payment is due is on completion. That's when you get to celebrate and the home is officially yours. Yep. You sign on the dotted line. Part of what your lawyer or notary will do is transfer title into your name, transfer the the mortgage, the funds you're now on the hook for, for that big amount of money you borrowed. And and technically the property is now yours. Now possession is sometimes it can happen on the same day as completion. Typically, it's often the next day. And that's when you get keys to your new property and you get to walk in that front door. Mm -hmm. And then there's one other term that people talk about and it's adjustments. So what does adjustments mean? So adjustments is things that property taxes or strata fees, those are the things that are adjusted to, you know, property taxes are due in July. So if if somebody has paid their property taxes um, and there's an amount that's the seller has or that owner has paid their property taxes up front, the adjustments is done at the lawyer's offices. Adjustments. So what is the adjustments? So then the adjustments is the date that that all the expenses are going to go into your name. So the the big one that the lawyers take care of and, and assign over to you is the property taxes. In a strata property, so in a condo or townhome, mm-hmm. that's the date that you will have to pay for the strata fee. It can be insurance. It, it can be a number. You know, if there was a contract on on the landscaping, you know, a, a company comes once a month and mows the grass. You'd need it more than that, but something like that. It's it's all the the extra costs that come in and on, our, on an ongoing basis. They become your responsibility on adjustment date, which typically is the same date as possession. Yeah. 
And a couple other words. Contingent. What does contingent mean? Ah, contingent it can be used in a number of ways in real estate. So it could be, you know, the sellers will sell contingent upon being able to find something else. That's right. So it's, it's dependent upon something else happening. And then what's pending mean? Does, is pending the same thing as contingent no. or is it different? That's a good one. And these are all great questions that people ask and, and people aren't sure of the difference. So pending often means typically it's most commonly used indicating that a home is pending. So it's a house was listed and now it has an accepted offer on it with subject clauses. And that's there, you know, therefore it means it's a sale pending. But it's not a firm sale. Exactly. Thanks for listening to this episode of Real Estate for Real People. If you want to reach out to the Stone Sisters, visit www.stonesisters.com. This podcast was produced by Podigy Podcasts. See you next time.